physical building, I know we have a beautiful building, if you can see it, that we are meeting in, but it's actually, he's building a house, and it's in the hearts of men. That he's building you, that you are a temple for God, and that he's building you and transforming you and molding you to look more like his son, Jesus Christ, so that he can come and dwell in us, and that when people look at us, they would see Jesus. Beautiful. But did you see just before you went into your house or your building that on the outside there's this massive board that says under construction? Did you see that? All of us is under construction. And when we are under construction, we need, I got this from Godfrey to me, safety helmet, for protection to go into this construction site. And we need one of these vests. Because, number one, you look important then. <laughs> and number two, I'm going to call this vest Grace or Gracie. You need a lot of grace <laughs> to go into certain areas. Because even if you look at my life, there's areas that the Lord has worked on. There's areas that's actually quite beautiful. Maybe there's still a wall that needs to get painted or I need my wife to get in there and like, yes, we need an L-shaped couch or something like that. <laughs> but then there's other areas that you need to put on this headgear. You need to put on a lot of Gracie. And as you go in there, it's like, oh, liver Lulu, things are quite a mess. <laughs> there's quite a mess. And I think for all of us, we're all under construction. So when it comes to accountability, I want to firstly lay a biblical foundation. If you get my heart, yeah, I think I'm going to need it somewhere soon. <laughs> then I want to lay a biblical foundation because the, the thing is that in this, if the scriptures says it, we read it, then we need to believe it, mm. right? But not only believe it, we need to do it. There's many people that we read about in the scriptures that knew the scriptures very well. But it was difficult for them to apply to their life. And I think for all of us, we need to learn to not only read the scriptures, but believe the scriptures. And when we believe the scriptures, we must put it in action. Because that's actually true belief. It's led to action. So I want to lay a biblical foundation of accountability. Just look at the scriptures that it's in there. Actually, what is accountability? Half of you, like, Indra, if you lost me at hello. Um, and then I'm going to go into different areas or just lay a framework for us of accountability. Because ultimately, when it comes to accountability, like, we can lay a very good teaching, but the the true thing of accountability is walked out outside there, yeah. not in here. Like, we can have a great message, everything can be good, we can sing Kumbaya, and we can see it in the scriptures, but ultimately it needs to be lived out outside there. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You guys awake? I can't see the back of the road, they're probably like, sleeping. <laughs> There's like one phone, like, yay! <laughs> There's some very cool new people. Uh, is it Michal and his wife, they live in work. He loves um, to give people food to go to his house. <laughs> I'm joking, I don't know. He probably likes giving people food. Uh, yeah, I'd be lucky to have you guys here. So, laying a biblical foundation. And I'm going to read the scriptures first. I'm going to 
read quite a couple of scriptures. So Hebrews 13 verse 17. No, I'm at the wrong one. Give you a laptop die. <laughs> it's fine. I memorized. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I will send the scriptures, but first I want to read there's a scripture in Romans that speaks about that all of us will one day that each one of us, the scripture says each one. Quickly say each one. Each one. You are included in that. Each one of us will need to give an account on that last day. That each one of us will stand before God one day and say, God, this is what I've done with my life. This is what I've done with my life. This is my thoughts. This is my actions. This is the things that I've did or I didn't do. That all of us will one day, there will be a judgment day. I'm not sure how is it going to look, but we will stand before God. If you're a believer or a non-believer, we will be judged by God and we will need to give an account for everything that we've done. And I think sometimes we love the, the goodness of God and the love of God. But I think there's some, sometimes in the Bible something called fear. And it's quite a fearful thing for me to, to think that one day I need to stand before God and everything that I've always dreamt of doing and didn't do, the things I did do, the things I messed up, it will be before the Lord. And I will need to give an account. So ultimately accountability starts with us needing to give an account before a holy, loving, but righteous God. But with that, there's two other scriptures that I also had. The one speaks about that everything will be laid bare before Him. That everything will be naked before Him. And that will be everybody that needs to give an account before Him. So not only is there areas and rooms in my construction site that I like to show the Lord, like, yes, Lord, did you see my lounge? Everything is perfect. Actually, our lounge has an L-shaped couch. It has like this nice, what do you call it, rotan? Like this, it looks quite nice, okay? say, Jesus, come look at this area now. But actually it says that all rooms, every area, every piece of my house, even those that are still under construction, it will be revealed on that day. It says that all our works and everything that will be done will be made to light and it will be tested by fire. And I was preparing this and I'm like, Kissy Lord, I don't know how that looks, like really. That my thoughts, my actions, the way I stewarded, the way I, I treated my wife, the way I actually shared my life with people, the way I love Jesus before other people will be tested because it's not only my actions but my intentions as well yeah. that will be tested on that last day. Scary, hey? Yeah. But also such a wonderful thing that we know that before the time. Yeah. That we know it's coming so we can prepare for that. Amen. Amen. So, then it goes from there like, okay, but I need to give an account to God but what does that need to do with us. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just got saved. Praise the Lord. Woo! Uh, um, Another one. <laughs> <my glory. laughs> 
But there's a scripture that says the following. Submit to your leaders and obey them. Okay? It speaks about two different words. We need to submit and obey our leaders. Because they will need to one day give an account for your life. And I want to take that scripture from the other side backwards and say, me and Leonard, Mornay, the deacons, community leaders, will have actually quite a stricter judgment before the Lord because we will not only need to give an account for our own lives, but we will need to give an account for your life. That one day we will need to stand before God and God, this is how I cared for the souls that you've entrusted into our hands. God, this is how we've protected them to show that accountability is in the scripture and this is something that you want to build into your people. That there might be false doctrines and things coming in and we need to say, no, 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 we need to protect you guys from that. Or maybe there is a wolf that comes inside of the church and we need to be like, whoa, whoa, we need to protect you guys from that wolf and say, this, it can't be here, it will hurt the sheep. And maybe sometimes the sheep turns into a wolf. And then we need to tackle that thing and say, no, 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 this is not the way it should be. And we will need to give an account for your life. But all of us will also need to give an account of the way we submitted and obeyed people, our leaders. That is actually something of us submitting, submitting is giving of yourself, going low, and giving of yourself to another person. Submit yourself under leadership and actually obey them. There is something in us that we actually need to give and open our lives to leaders. But I want to do a little bit of myth-busting a little bit later of objections to accountability. But firstly, I want to... Um, this is me remembering my notes. So... But, so I'm going to mention two myths a little bit later, but I want to start off with one, that why do I need to open my life, because it's such a mess, and people just, people just want to look at my life and judge me. Or maybe I want to open my life, but only God can judge me. Have you heard about that? Only God can judge me. I think it's a, I, I've actually Googled, only God can judge me. And people tattoo it on their back and on their arms and forehead and like they really want to make a statement only God can judge me and I know what they try to mean but if you really think through that statement yes that's scary because if I need to judge you I can only see your actions but if God judges you he sees your intentions what you want to achieve through that even your good things I can stand here and preach a great message tonight and everybody can like, <laughs> And all of those things, and you can judge me according to my actions, but nobody knows the intentions of the heart. It's a scary thing to fall in the hands of God. So I want to make a distinguish between two different judgments. I think there's a worldly way of judging and there's a godly way of judgment. And I'll quote your scripture now. You come in now. Praise the Lord for the moment. 
and making a conscious choice to allow God and others to help you in accomplishing what is right on this side of eternity because it will affect that side of eternity. Yeah. So just to explain it in human words, make it easier, it is recognizing that you can't do this alone and inviting perspective from the outside. Firstly, God, you are the supervisor of my life. Come and do inspection. Come into the different areas of my life because he, the, the Bible says that he was full of grace and full of truth. You read that scripture. The fullness of grace was in Jesus. Fullness of truth. Well, how did that look like? This place is a mess. That's truth. That's a true thing. All of us can have areas in our life. It's a mess. But then, well, if he puts on grace, and he takes grace, and he says, let's work on it. Let's go softly and move the cultures. Let's start to vacuum. Let's paint the walls. Let's slowly take a process to transform all of us into the image of God. And then secondly, God has placed people around us to go into the rooms as well. Because there's skills in this room and giftings in this room and people in this room that the Lord has placed there because they're strong enough to move the couch. They're gifted enough to wash the dishes. That there's something God-given in them that I can't do, but they can. And allow them into your life. Lastly, I want to look at Okay, we see that we need to give account before God. Secondly, we see that, um, that we need to give an account before leaders and they will need to give account in our lives. But then lastly, how did, did it play out actually in the Bible? Were people accountable? And we see this in Galatians 2 verse 1 and 2. And it speaks about Paul the Apostle that wrote, I think, two-thirds of the New Testament. Big eater in the early church. Biggest eater in the early church. Then after 14 years, I, Paul, went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas. Taking Titus along with me, I went up because of a revelation set before them. The gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not running or had run in vain. So for 14 to 17 years, Paul the Apostle was busy preaching the gospel. He was planting churches. He was a leader in the household of God. He received a revelation of what he needs to do and build the church for three years by Jesus himself. Yo. Yeah. Then he takes this thing that he had, this ministry, that's a good thing. Okay? We've been speaking about destruction and this is a good thing. This is a God thing. He takes this and he puts it at the feet of leaders. He submits himself to leaders as a leader. And he says, am I still running in the right direction? Or the 14 year, years I spent preaching the gospel, did I do it in vain? That takes God. Did I just waste 14 years of my life? Would you quickly come and assess? Yo. And this was a good thing. He could have went on his own and said, I'm an apostle or self-appointed and I go and I see fruit and I'm seeing miracles. What do you guys have to say? Jesus taught me himself as well. But no, he humbled himself 
and was actually practicing accountability with leaders as well. Galatians 6, 4 chapters on says, Brothers and sisters, speaking to us, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing or in any sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit. Put on gracie. Watch out for yourself so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens in this way. You will fulfill the law of Christ. Maybe we need to go into people's lives and say, you taking a hammer and smashing the windows is not God intended. Because some of us are doing that with our own lives. That we think this wall needs to go and God says, oh, in the blueprint, that wall is keeping everything together and you want to take it out. And that's what we do with sin and circumstances. We're like, oh, we think this is good, let's smash out this wall. But actually, we need people around us to say, stop. You're busy destroying the temple of God, your own life. Let's put this in order. What you're doing is not right. And we need one another to speak into one another's lives. So then your question, and that's just biblically some scriptures to look at. Then the, then the question is, where do we start? Okay, Henry said a lot, so where do I start? I think for us, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking primarily to those that see themselves a part of this household. If you are Stellenbosch PM Josh Jen, you're part of this household. Some of you are visiting, you probably will become a part of the family, hopefully, and, and we receive you with open arms. But for those that see themselves now, here, the Lord is building something in us. So where do we start as a church, as Stalemosh Pier? I think we start at the leaders. Paul says, imitate me or follow me as I follow Christ. The river flows from the highest place down. I think this needs to start with the leaders. This needs to start with the elders. And it is already in the elders. The elders are accountable to one another. They do share the lives of one another. When they give advice, they, 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 they don't only give advice always out of the hip and like this is the best thing. They say, Leonard, do you think this is the best? Do you think I'm leading them in the right direction? That the, the leadership team is accountable to one another. But it's not only the elders need to be accountable to one another, the deacons, the community leaders. If you see yourself in the lead, as a leader in this house, or one day to be a potential leader, are you vulnerable? Are you accountable? Are you open of your life and you're opening the door and say, come into my construction site and help me? There's areas in my life that needs to be laid bare before people. It starts on the top down. And I think all of us need to come to a place like, am I open with my life? If you want to reap a harvest of vulnerability, you need to sow it as well. Sow into the people around you that you are open. That's why I stand in here on on the pulpit many times and I say, come to our house. It's always open. Just call us because we have a gate and you're going to awkwardly stand in front. But come to us. If I have maybe a little bit of a tiff with my wife, come and see it. It's really okay. Not that we fight a lot, but come into our house. We, we don't hide anything. 
come and see the way we live. But secondly, we need to acknowledge that accountability doesn't come natural to us. You guys know that. It's not a natural thing for all of us to be accountable to one another. Because we love making our own decisions because when it works out, we can tell people, my plan. It's my plan. And then when it doesn't work out well, we hide it. Yes, I don't know who's done that. That was, yeah. <laughs> Why? Because naturally we're very prideful. Naturally we love the shine. Naturally we love. Why? We want to make our own decisions. And this funny story of the parable of the lost shepherd. <laughs> and the parable of the lost shepherd goes about this shepherd that goes astray and finds himself in a desolate place. But there's at least 100 sheep. And the 100 sheep goes and they fan themselves out in a perfect line. And they go on this big search to find the shepherd. And they very orderly move through the fields. And when they find the shepherd, they take the shepherd in and they're like, we want to be accountable to you. Who of you have done that before? No. So as sheep, we don't naturally just submit ourselves under leaders. It's a difficult thing to do. But I think it's something we need to recognize and make a conscious decision to put yourself under people. It's actually humility. I'm just thinking about the scripture now. Philippians 2 speaks about have this mind amongst yourself. Quite a big statement. Okay, Paul, what, what mind? The mind of Jesus, being in the form of God, humbled himself, becoming man, making himself low. And I think that's what we need. Low, low, low. Because it glorifies him. Then thirdly, practically, how does this look? Very simple. Go to your community leader or person in your, um, it's a cell group or home group, it's smaller groups that we meet in Josh Jane on a weekly basis and on a Wednesday, but outside of that as well. And go to somebody in that group because they see you the most, not only on a Sunday, but they see you on a Wednesday and through the week, hopefully. And go to them and say, I want to be accountable and I want to open my construction site to you. Then what you do is say, okay, I allow you into my life. You don't tell the person, okay, ask me the right questions, then I'll open up. We sometimes do that. I want to be accountable, but I don't want to open up really. When we're accountable, we say, I'm naked before you because on that last day, we'll anyway see everything. You thought about that. You hide something now, and then in that last day, like, hide that for me. It's like any, everyone will anyway see everything of you. That's scary. <laughs> then you put things in place. If somebody will speak into your life and think, I just want to check my thumb. Oh, thank you, Lord. Um, and you invite that person in, then put something to place. How can they help you? Must they do the dishes? Must they vacuum? How can they help you? Mm. And what we don't do is we take our whole room and say, your problem. It's still your room. It's still your room. They can help you for a season. They can be like scaffolding around the building, supporting and helping and building up. 
But ultimately, you need to walk yeah. your own salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. And there's a support that the family gives for a moment. Yeah. And then, it's not that the other person needs to be the police to come to you and say, how's it still going in that area? Maybe you put something in place and that is fine, but it's your responsibility to say, this is how I'm still doing in this area. And we help one another out. Yeah. Just something in my preparation, that, that I felt while prepping this is there's a scripture in, in 1 John 1 7 that speaks about if we walk in the light as he is in the light we will have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins some of you have been a part of this church for maybe a couple of weeks months even a year or two and for you it felt maybe that Josh Jane always says family, family, family. And you've always felt distant. May I suggest through the scriptures that it says if we walk in the light we'll have fellowship. Yeah. That it might be that our heart has never been vulnerable enough mm. and that there's always a disconnect. Yeah, definitely. For many years I struggled with friendships. Why? Because I struggled with intimacy and vulnerability. Come on. I've, many people felt close to me. I felt very distant from them. Why? In that I was walking in the darkness. That's why I didn't have fellowship. Mm. So let's just inspect our heart. If you're feeling distant, maybe it's this week you need to go to your, your community and say, Guys, 1 John 1 7 is me. I want to open my life and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not being open enough. And show you my construction site. Two more objections to accountability. Many people say my sin is private, why do I need to be open about it? Or my life is a private life, why do I need to be open about it? Valid to extent. Did you know we are we are building all of us, but we're also called a body. When a hand starts to get an infection, it can spread to the arm, it can spread to the shoulder, it can go into all of the body. So it is with sin. So I want to say that sin is definitely private. It's a private thing. I made that decision to sin. You made that decision to sin. It's a private thing, but it's never personal. Why? Because it affects the body. Yeah. But it doesn't harm anyone. Probably not directly, but you not walking in the fullness of God, you not walking in the fullness of God takes away the enjoyment I can have in that room. That there's something not put in place. If you're not walking in prophecy, I'm not reaping the harvest of that. If I'm doing well in the Lord, you reap the harvest of that as well. I'm not saying any one of us need to be perfect. Hear me out. But what I am saying is, let's at least be open about it and say, yeah. we need each other. Yeah. We need to help each other. There's a guy named Achan in the Bible that sinned and the whole Israel was judged. You can go read it up. Another guy in 1 Corinthians 5 that sinned and the church of Corinth was actually judged. Um, because of the sin of one person in the church, it does affect the body. 
The next one um, is this thing of, I cannot open things to people because I'm not holy enough. It's like that homes that before people come, I shared it I think last week, you put quickly the dishes in the oven at the bottom and you quickly take up the vacuum cleaner and like, lift any aunties and you put it to the side and like, everything just crazy before people come. And then when people come in, it's like, you there, suit and tie, come sit up, yeah. And you start to speak in an English accent and everything is like, I want to say, your life and my life not being in order, I want to say welcome to the family. We all have rooms that are still under construction. We all have places that still need a little bit tweaking, a little bit painting. We can put it in front of everyone. Don't try to be perfect because you're not. The Bible says so. Really. We deceive ourselves if we think we're perfect. There's always areas yeah. that still need to <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Okay. I want to end off with three things about this. Let's call it keys of how to speak into one another's life. And why, why are we sharing on accountability? Because I think it's a muscle to be practiced in us as a church. Yeah. I think there's, there's a season of um, last week, Godfrey, oh, two weeks ago, Godfrey spoke about uh, when God stops overlooking sin. And the week before that, Leonard, uh, I listened to the message, said that the cloud is standing still and God wants to deal with things in our life. And it might not necessarily only be sin, sin things, but sometimes it's character flaws because of our own brokenness. Yeah. And we want to reflect Jesus, man. All of us. Why? Because He's worth it. So three ways or three things just to consider. I want to ask you a question. Who of you that has been in this church have seen and looked at Joshua Generation PM and seen some gaps and some mistakes? Some made. Okay. Okay. More to this side. Okay. Okay. So quite a couple of you. <laughs> Secondly, looking to your extremely holy friends sitting next to you, who of you have seen mistakes, sins, or character flaws that doesn't reflect Jesus? Okay. So, with these, questions, with these questions, I want to say also, welcome to the family. Why? Because a family acknowledges that there's things that it still needs work, but it doesn't hide it. If you're part of a family, all is laid bare. You can see everything. And I want to make a distinguish between a visitor and not a visitor's year, but just in general. I'm sometimes a visitor going to a house. And then I'm like, yes, see, neon pink wall. <laughs> I like quite a minimalistic look, black and white, a nice painting at the side that my wife designs. And it's like, it needs to be perfect and nice and things like that. But when I go to a house that's like a pink wall and crazy and da 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 da, 
I can go along and say, Jesse, you think that I'm interested? <laughs> <laughs> you see that wall? Did you see that dog? It looks like a hamster. <laughs> I can point out things. But the difference between a visitor and somebody in the family is are you helping? Or are you pointing fingers? If you're part of the family, you say, yes, I see the pink wall, it's painted, immediately. <laughs> if you're part of the family, you are a part of the solution, and not only to point the finger. Accountability is not only to point out things, but to be a part of the solution. To say, yes, I don't see a lot of prayer. Are you praying? Jesse, why can't we worship every week like this week? And we can. Just come stand and find worship. Because usually, that very thing that the Lord places on your heart, you're the answer. Yeah. You need to do it. Yeah. No, but nobody wants to evangelize with me. It's fine. I call you to evangelize. Go for it. Start there. Very good. Start there. <laughs> Next, Jesus didn't bring out all your sin of the past, present, and future, put it on a table and says, deal with it. Don't do it with others. Don't go and pinpoint every single thing. Why? Because Jesus didn't do it with you. The Lord is gracious enough to see this is where I'm working at. Let's deal with this thing and work from there on. Yeah. Okay. So if you, or if somebody speaks into your life, one thing at a time. We're not superhumans. We're all broken vessels. Let's start off cleaning the dishes. Let's start off the obvious things. Let's start there. But let's not do it all at once. And then lastly, if you're willing to point out something, be willing to walk with that person. Don't just say, pink wall, and go away. <laughs> if you are willing to say something, have enough backup energy to walk with that person, to, to carry one another's burdens, to love one another and move forward and go with the flow with them, because I think sometimes it's easy to criticize, it's easy to pinpoint, but I think when it comes to accountability, it's not a worldly way of judging. It's a way of coming, carrying one another's burden, and together reflect the glory of God. Yeah. Together walk in the image of who He created us to be. For five years, I uh, five years ago, I was sitting in Kailicha. I was working for Ikala Temba, and I was sitting um, in the township area next to a wall, and I was not feeling the, well the whole day, and I was training some teachers' assistants in life skills and things like that, and I sat next to that wall because I hit a mental breakdown or I, I burned out. I curled into a wall next to that wall and I started to weep. I thought, I'm getting crazy, something is weird. I pick up my phone, I phone one of our elders that was a doctor and say, what's going on? I phone, I phone many people because I was desperate for help. What happened is I burned out, I fell into depression uh, five years ago and it felt like it felt like hell on earth, really. It felt like I couldn't wake up out of, I couldn't get out of bed. I had no, 
I didn't want to. I didn't want to do the things that I needed to do for God. But I laid my life bare and I was accountable to leaders and said, this is the state that I'm in. In that time, I had many, many people around me. And I think Leonard preached a couple of weeks ago that the church saved my life. And in context, go listen to the preach. Yes, Jesus saved us, but he puts us in family. Hallelujah. Show sure, yes, boy. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm ending off. Wow. And what happened then is that people were surrounding me and I was on the pressure meds and it was it was a hectic time. It was even one of the one of the evenings I was I was lying in my room and for the first time I had the thought of committing suicide. And I lay, lay there and I'm like, how did I get here? Out of all the places, how did I get here? And I surrounded myself with people and I walked it out. I walked. We put scaffolding around me. They taught me certain things. I went through sessions that people helped me to, to think through these emotions, to think through these things. And a week ago, two weeks ago, Brigitte said something to me because three months ago I left my depression meds. Rivita came to me and says, on this outreach, we went to Switzerland and the Netherlands, and she said, on this outreach, Henry came back, that you've never laughed so much out of your stomach again as on this outreach. And it hit me like, hey, you don't want to cry now. It's just like, Henry is being restored again. Out of a deep brokenness and out of a deep things of dealing with the past, people putting on their helmet and putting on Gracie and speaking into my life and sorting things out. People came around me, put scaffolding. And I'm in the process of being restored into the image of God. And so is all of us. And if I can go through a five-year process to a place that I can say, I'm off depression meds. I'm not depressed. And everything on the outreach was against us. No sleep, no exercise, nothing of the scaffolding was even in place for me not to lose my brain. <laughs> but I'm healed. I'm re restored. That room in my life, I found victory because of accountability. Amen? Amen. 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 Amen.